In Exodus chapter 3 in our Bible, we read of how God appears to Moses at the burning bush. See, and here I am, and they're not even done. After God appears to Moses, we also see that he gives Moses this command and this great task of going and rescuing the Israelites out of bondage. God specifically told him what he needed to do and to understand more of how complex the situation was. You need to understand that Egypt, where God was asking Moses to go, was the same place that years earlier he had run away from. And so for Moses to go back was a big deal. So God gave him this great task to go and to rescue the people from Egypt. And in chapter 4, we see Moses' response to God. And so if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Exodus chapter 4? And we will read starting from verse 1. Exodus is the second book in your Bible right after Genesis. Exodus chapter 4, starting from verse 1. And I know you just sat down, but if you are able to, would you please stand as we read God's word? Exodus chapter 4, starting from verse 1. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hands. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was leprous like snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first miraculous sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become like blood on the ground. Then Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I? I will teach you what to say. Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage of scripture. We thank you for the lessons that we can learn, and we pray that indeed, Lord, you would bless this time, open up our hearts and our minds to what you have to say, and may you help us to be obedient as we respond. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. After the Lord spoke to Moses... From Moses' response, he makes it clear that he was worried and uncertain about going back to Egypt. 
He was worried that the people wouldn't believe him or that they would think that he was lying, that God had sent him. But God gave him confidence by equipping him to go. God didn't just tell him to go back, but God equipped him and prepared him in order to go. He reassures Moses that he was with him. Moses didn't feel capable. He didn't feel that he was going to be able to fulfill this great task. And he focused instead of all the things he didn't have. He didn't have something to prove that God had sent him. He didn't have any signs and wonders of his own. He didn't even have clear speech. He wasn't able to speak properly. And instead of looking at the fact that God had called him, that God was going to equipped him, that God even told him that he was going to be there, he remained focused on all of the things that he didn't have. Moses felt like he didn't have anything. And in verse 2 and 3, the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. Then the Lord said, throw it on the ground. And we see that as he threw it, it became a snake and he ran from it. In other words, God was saying, you don't feel like you're equipped, but look at what you already have. I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to help you. And so what is it that you're already holding in your hand? And Moses says, a staff. And God makes him use it. And he sees that God was able to work through what he already had. You see, like Moses, sometimes we too can be so focused on all of the things that we don't have instead of what we do. And so this morning, I want to encourage us to focus, to stop. Stop focusing on what you don't have and start thanking God for what you do have. To stop focusing on all of the things you don't have and wish you had and want to have and look at all of the things that God has already done in your life, the things that God has already blessed you with, the things that God has already bestowed upon you and be thankful for those things. You see, unfortunately, we live in a culture and a society where we're always bombarded with the newest things, right? There's always going to be a new phone coming out for us to want to get. There's always going to be a new computer or a new technology gadget. There's always going to be something new that the world tells us, you need to have this. That the old one that you have is not good enough. This one has new features. This one is better. This one's upgraded. And you need to have this. There is always going to be new home designs, new fashion trends, new things coming out. And the world tells us, forget about the old things. Forget about what you already have. But get those new things. The world tells us to focus on what you don't have and go and get it when God wants us to be content with what we already have. God wants us to be content and to be thankful for the things he has already given us. And you see, when we are in that mindset of being content, life will be much happier because we will be grateful for what God has blessed us with. We will be grateful instead of always in want. Many of you know the hymn, Count Your Many Blessings, Name them one by one. 
If you do that, you will truly see what God has done, what he is doing, and be sure that he will continue to do in your life. We are commanded at many times to give thanks. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Are you giving thanks to the Lord for what you have? Are you grateful for the things that you already have in your life? Yes, there will always be things that we may want, but are we thankful for the very things that we already have? You see, the things that we have may not seem like enough, but when we consider the rest of the world and the state that the world may be in, do you realize that so many people would be so thankful for the things that you have if they had it? So many people who don't have, who are in need of their next meal, who are in need of clothing, who are in need of shelter, who are in need of something, would be so grateful for what you have. And so be thankful. Stop focusing on the things you don't have, but be grateful and thankful for the things you do have. You see, the Apostle Paul understood what it meant to be content. He understood in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in in plenty or in want. He basically says, I have learned to live with whatever I have. Whether I have or whether I don't have, I have learned to live and to be happy and to be thankful. There are going to be times in our life where we will not have enough. There will be times in our life where we will have more than enough. But whether you're in which time, doesn't matter. Learn to be thankful, to give thanks, and know that God will continue to provide. Are you living a thankful life? Are you living that lifestyle of being thankful and that mindset? You see, many people feel, if I only had this or I had that, then I would be happy. If I only had this or I had that, then things would be better in my life. People think, if I only had my own business, then I would be motivated to work harder. If I was only married, then my life would truly be happy. If I could only have kids, then I would feel like my life would be complete. If I was only smarter, then I would go back to school. If I was maybe another race or ethnicity, life would be much easier for me. If I only had more money, if I had more money, then I would start tithing or maybe consider put giving a pledge to our mortgage fund. If only I had this, then I could do this. Many people, unfortunately, fall into that trap of thinking, if only, if only, if only. But you see, the bottom line is that God wants to see us faithful with what we already have. God wants to see that what he has blessed us with, that we are using and that we are being thankful for it. You see, if you can't even put in a full day of work at the company that you're at, if you can't even work hard enough at that business, then even if you had your own business, you would not be motivated to work overtime. You would not be motivated to do all of the extra things in order for that company to be successful. You see, if you can't be happy alone and single, 
then even if you were married, you would still be unhappy because you need to learn to be happy on your own before you can be with someone else. You see, if you can't even give God 10% of what you already have, then when God blesses you with even more, then you will not want to give 10% of that bigger blessing. God wants to see us faithful with the little things in order to bless us with the bigger things. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, he says, If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But you, if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Are you being responsible with what God has already blessed you with? Are you focused on what you don't have instead of being thankful for what you do have? Let us continue to be grateful and thankful for the Lord. So God asked Moses, what is that in your hand? Moses was holding his staff. And God told him to use that staff. You have that staff. You want me to help you. So you already have it. Use it. And that's the second point this morning. Use what's in your hands. Use what's in your hands. In other words, use what you already have. You don't need to have all the fancy things in life in order for God to work through you. You don't need to have all the fancy things in order for God to use you. But he calls us to use what we already have and to be faithful with it. Moses looked at the staff and probably thought, what can I do with this? He's telling me, what do I have? I have a staff. It's not going to do anything. That's all pretty much I have. But yet God says to use what's in your hand. You see, if you are willing, God is going to work through you. If you are obedient, then God will help you. God doesn't require us to give what we don't have. He requires us to give all that we have in order to see that he will continue to provide and to bless us and to help us. And many people like Moses look at their circumstances. You may look at your bank book. You may look at all those things and say, God, I don't have very much. God, there's nothing that I have that I can give. But God says, no, you're wrong. Use what you already have. Look at what you already have. It may not be much, but the little that you have, use it. All of us have a phone, right? We all have a phone, most of us, right? Use that phone to call and encourage people, to call someone when you see that they're away from church, to call them, see how they're doing, to text them, to email them, whatever mode of communication you want. Use that. You already have it in your hand all the time anyways. It's about time you use it for God's glory. Most of us have a car or some mode of transportation. And so use those keys. Use that car to go and to pick someone up who needs a ride to church, who needs to go to a doctor's appointment, who needs to go, who doesn't have a car themselves. Use what you already have. Many of us are, are able to, or many, I should say you, because I can't, are able to prepare a decent meal, right? And so <laughs> use that to invite someone over and <laughs> 
and to bless them and to be hospitable and to use that opportunity to see how they're doing, to build friendship and relationship with them. Use that mealtime. You already have to eat anyway, so invite someone to come and to share that meal with you. And feel free to invite me anytime. I would be more than happy to come and share with you. <laughs> use what you already have. Don't focus on what you don't have, but use what's already in your hands. God has blessed us, and when we use that little bit and when we are faithful with it, we will see how he is at work in our lives. He asks us to give what we have, to give all that we have, and see that he will continue to provide. The little boy gave his five loaves of bread and two fish, a small lunch offering, but yet God used it. He multiplied it and he fed over 5,000 people with it. The woman only had some oil and some flour left. That was all she had, but yet she used it, and the Lord blessed it, and it never ran out. Abraham was obedient in offering Isaac as his sacrifice. God honored him and provided a ram for that sacrifice instead. You see, when we use what we have, God is faithful and he will bless it and he will provide more than enough. The woman gave the last coin that she had, the widow, but yet she trusted that God would provide for her. So what is it that you have? that you can serve the Lord with. Well, maybe it's your time or your talents. Maybe it's resources that you have or, or money that you have. Maybe it's your car or your home, opening up your home for Bible study, for small group, for, for different functions, or a special skill that you have. Whatever it is, look at what you already have and say, Lord, how can I use it for your honor and for your glory? After all the signs that God showed Moses, he still had a hard time believing that he could be the one to go and to rescue the Israelites out of bondage. In verse 10 and 11 and 12, he says to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, but I have never been eloquent, neither the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. Moses still did not believe that he could do it, but yet God told him, I am with you. Go, I will make a way. Go, I will help you speak. Forget about what you can't do, and know that I've asked you to do it, and I will help you. Know that God will be faithful. God will make a way. Trust that he will make a way. Sometimes where there seems to be no way. Amen? God will make a way. He says to Moses, go, I will help you. In other words, trust me. I will make a way for you to speak. I will make a way for this to happen. Don't have to do it yourself. 
because I will do it for you. Sometimes we get worried about what will happen. Like Moses, we forget to trust God and we focus on our circumstances and we focus on all the things we can't do or all the things we don't have when God says, trust me on this one. I will come through. Trust me on this one. I'm sure that if you reflect on your life, you will see and you can see all the times that God has come through for you. All the times that God has been faithful. All the times that he has done what you didn't think he was able to do. Look at those times. Reflect on them because know that he is the same God. The same God that we read about in the Bible is the same God who says to us today, I will help you. I will be there. Just trust me. Trust that he will make a way. God made a way for the Israelites to pass through the Red Sea on dry ground. God will make a way for you. God made a way for the Israelites to travel for 40 years, providing them with food from heaven every day and not allowing their clothing to be worn out as they travel. God made a way for them, and he will make a way for you. God made a way for the walls of Jericho to fall down, and he will make a way for you. God made a way for the ravens to send food to Elijah every day, and he will make a way for you. God made a way for Peter to be able to walk on water, and he will make a way for you. God made a way for the prison doors to be open so that Paul and Silas could be free and he will make a way for you. You see, God is a faithful God and he is able to make a way and he wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust him, to hold him at his word and to know that he is faithful. Do you trust that he will provide and make a way for you? Do you trust that he will be faithful to you as you are faithful to him? Do you trust that he is able to provide for your every need? He has done it before and he will do it again. He will do it again. I want to encourage you and challenge you. As we pray and as we prepare towards our mortgage fund pledges, on Sunday, October 1st, we'll be asking each one of you to fill out and to complete this mortgage fund card. And it's in your bulletin today and it's in the seat pocket in front of you. And it says, my mortgage fund pledge. And we wanna ask you to prayerfully pray and consider giving generously a monthly gift for the period of one year as we pay our monthly mortgages of $21,000. That is our goal to raise. And I wanna pray and, and ask for God to help me and I challenge you to do the same. Lord, help me to be generous. I may not have much, I may not have a lot, but God, help me to use what I already have and know that when I am faithful, that you will be faithful. God, you're not asking me to give what I don't have, but to give all that I have and to know that you will provide for my needs. And I challenge you to give generously and see what God will do in your life. To give generously and trust that God will make a way for you even when there's 
seems to be no way. You see, together we can accomplish much. Alone, we can't do very much. But when we give all that we have, God is able to bless it and to take it and to do great things. That little boy's lunch without God's blessing couldn't go very far. But with God's blessing upon it, it was able to feed more than 5,000 people. You see, when all together we give the little that we are able to offer, God will bless it and he will use it. And together we will change the world. Together we can make a difference. When we all work together and give, great things happen. Watch this video. When we all work together and do our part, God is able to bless our efforts and to do great things. Remember that we have the victory when we use what's in our hands. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that, God, you have proved yourself over and over again to be a God who provides, to be a God who is faithful to us, to be a God who is more than able to accomplish what we need in our lives. And so, Father, this morning, may you help to challenge our hearts, to help to challenge us to look at the wonderful things that you have already blessed us with, to the things that you are already doing in our life, and to stop focusing on the things we don't have or the things that have not come yet in our life, but to be thankful, God, for what you have already done. Lord, help us to look at what we already have and to use it, God. Use it to be a blessing to your people. Use it to honor and to glorify you. Use it, O oh Lord, and may you help us and direct us in order to use it. And Father, as we use it, we pray that you would help us to trust you, knowing that you will make a way, knowing that you will replenish and restore and continue to bless and provide for us. And so, Lord, we thank you, and we pray that your will would be done in our lives. We thank you that you are a great God, and there are great things in store as we work together, and as we together give the little that we have. May you bless it, Lord, and may you do great things with it. In your name we pray, amen.